Deconstructing Dogma is a video bonus series hosted exclusively on Patreon. Patrons of The Deeper Pulse have unlimited access to these weekly extras in exchange for their support of the podcast. Learn more at patreon.com forward slash The Deeper Pulse. Here's an excerpt from Deconstructing Dogma episode number 19, which dropped last week on Patreon. Welcome back to the Deconstructing Dogma series. Today we're sitting down with Susan McCulley, who we know and love. And some of you out there likely know Susan from her time in the org and also participation in the After the Org community if you're a part of that and here on Patreon. So we are just thrilled to be able to talk with Susan today. She came to us with some amazing fodder for deconstruction around culty fitness. And that's what we're going to talk about today is sort of a what now perspective around these realizations that we're having as we're deconstructing dogma and we're realizing this is culty and that's culty and this is what the dynamic looks like and how it functions. And so what's an alternative what are alternatives to the way that things have looked in the spaces that we've occupied and how can we do it different? And I just want to say, I think on behalf of all three of us, that we don't have any of this figured out, (laughs) that we are just inside the question with you and we're just tossing around things that we've been thinking about and in some cases ruminating on, trying to figure (laughs) out how to to get things moving in a different direction. And we want you to know that your feedback and your comments and your input on this discussion is exactly what we're after here. We're not here to talk at you. This is to open the door to a collaborative discussion around these topics because we know that a lot of people who have come into the community through the Culture Series podcast are a part of the world of wellness and movement. How do we do these things differently and and that struggle is real, especially for those of us who movement really has been such an important, pivotal part of our lives and we want it to continue to be. So I want to first just give Susan an opportunity to introduce herself to everyone out there or reintroduce herself, whatever the case may be. And then thank you again, Tracy, for always showing up and holding <laughs> such a big heart space for all of these conversations. So mm-hmm. Susan, no, oh, thank you, Candace <laughs> and Tracy, both of you. Um, I am so grateful for the deep work that you guys have already been doing for us, as you say, learning out loud. And your early conversations, both of you, were ones that were hugely helpful to me. I started participating in org classes in the late 90s. Uh, went to my first teacher training in 2000. I did all of my trainings at HQ and did my last training in 2007 after a borderline traumatic experience with Marissa. So, um, and so then spent over a decade riding the fence in regard to the practices that I was teaching, that I saw the benefits. I saw the experiences that I had and so many participants had and enjoyed the collaborative teamwork that I had with other teachers in the facility where I was teaching that I just couldn't bear to give up. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) you may remember March, 2020, 
I got a renewal for my teacher license on March 17th, 2020. Wow. And I said, oh, I might not actually need this anymore. <laughs> and it was a helpful exit ramp for me wow. to disengage from the org which was really where my contention was, was watching how the company was run, how people were treated, some of the philosophies that I didn't agree with. And we, under lockdown, I had no reason to need to have the license. So, mm -hmm. so I've been doing this for a long time. And it's part of the reason that I really am excited to have this conversation with you. I feel like when I started listening to your conversations, I started to see things that I had been missing. And yet, I suspect there are still tons that I am missing. That, as David Foster Wallace says, it's the water that we're swimming in, or that I was swimming in for nearly 25 years. And so... I was interested in having this conversation with you about how do we do it differently? Let's recognize that there were some harmful things that were going on that we all experienced in various degrees. Mm -hmm. And now I really am interested and, and excited about reframing how I show up as a guide and a facilitator how I invite participants to show up, and how we can create environments that do not have that same kind of toxic quality to them. Mm -hmm. Sort of, mm, I don't know, what is it? It's like it comes in under the radar kind of toxic quality a lot of time too. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah. I came to the org steeped up to my eyelashes in diet culture, in aesthetic goals. And it was one of these situations where what I experienced in those classes was different enough that it was like, oh, this is really cool. There are no mirrors and nobody's talking about my saddlebags or my droopy arms or, you know, working off the food that I ate or whatever other kind of toxic diet culture language is so often used in wellness spaces. Yeah. And it didn't take very long for me to see that I, we were still a hundred percent in diet culture in regards to so many things. It was clear that it was, we were still steeped in this aesthetic um, of youth, of thinness, you know, sort of classic white lady beauty. <laughs> and I remember being confused by that, the disconnect between the message of loving and listening to your body and all of that. And yet there was just so much that seemed to just play straight into these really limiting and patriarchal uh, white supremacist mm -hmm. ideas, right? And mm -hmm. so, so I feel like a lot of what happened to me in my practice was that I got deep into orthorexia, um, this real fixation on being healthy in every flippin' way, every way, and in this perfectionist kind of way. 
And that was how I felt like I was going to get the love and approval that I wanted. Same shit, different packaging. Yeah, it's exactly. Different packaging. Exactly right. Like diet culture has become detox culture. It's just, it's the same thing. It's just different. And it's actually, in my opinion, more fucked up because it's okay to starve yourself. It's called fasting. Yeah. 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 A little IV drip. It's good for everybody. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. I'm serious. Yes. it, It is. It's sort of got this sort of cloak over it. And that was my experience going into the org was this this sort of the cloak of love your body, the cloak of always listen, your your body has the wisdom and all of that, and yet also manipulate your body and do these things to make it look a particular way. And, And so things like calling it a detox is even in some ways more insidious because it's, it feels like it's it's using sort of distraction. Yep. When when what's really going on it is the same freaking diets that your mother was on, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean this is there's just nothing new under under this umbrella. It's just a new little packaging. Yeah, it's a yeah. smoke screen for for the same thing and which is what happens with these dynamics. They sure, more sure, more sure, sure. Let me define somatic dominance. So somatic dominance, Matthew Remsky defines as the manner in which teachers of movement can come to exert control over their students and the potential for the abuse of this control. So it's that power over dynamic. And then there's this other quote. Let's see how this fits. A primal nonverbal deception that frames control as care. Mm -hmm. This is so important. Could you read that again? Yeah, it's so, so good. A primal nonverbal deception that frames control as care. Perfected by leaders and enablers, it obscures the lines between lineage and intergenerational abuse, between devotion and trauma bonding. God, there's so much here. This primal nonverbal deception that reframes control as care. That's what I'm talking about. That kicks in. And suddenly I'm no different than those who have led me astray. I'm sure. doing it. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, I'm doing it, right? right? And I do it internally and then I project it externally onto my students. Right. I am fascinated by this whole framing control as care. Oh, yeah. That is some insidious shit right there. And as you say those words, I can feel and remember lots of experiences of that. Yeah. And I think that what I got from learning about somatic dominance is that the very nature of speaking up and saying, I'm going to offer this experience, I think if I'm understanding it, I automatically have somatic influence. Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to, even if I were to do to be guiding something like, you know, conscious dance or five rhythms or something like that, where I'm, say I'm not even moving, but if I am guiding an experience and I'm offering, presumably I'm offering something, the music or something, Mm -hmm. I have some kind of influence over what's happening in the room. And I don't see that as being problematic. However, it's a pretty thin line, exactly as you say, Candace, is is that when I find myself saying, do this, (laughs) 
And how do we allow ourselves to step into a place of influence without getting into a place of dominance or control? And I think that that is really important. And when we were preparing for this, one of the things we talked about was the beautiful nature of collective effervescence, which is a sociological term. It is what happens in our brains and in our nervous systems when we come together and we move together. It's the euphoria of, you know, flash mobs and a whole concert uh, clapping together, right? There is something primal about that that we're really drawn to. However, and you pointed this out, and I think this is spot on, Candice, is we can move together and not necessarily move the same. And so what I'm endeavoring to do now is to create experiences of collective effervescence that we are influencing each other somatically. And at the same time, we are taking care of ourselves. We're making our own choices and therefore giving permission to everybody else to do the same. Yeah. As opposed to, if I don't show up and look exactly like they do, then I'm out. Yep. Yep. Deconstructing Dogma, Episode 20, Part 2 with Susan McCulley, will drop later today. Here's a quick peek. The amount of harm done in the name of the practice it's like religion it truly is and i think that together we came up with like it's not about the teacher this is not about the person who's in the front of the room this is not about the practice this is about the people who are there it is about the people and letting them have their experience that i am contributing to right and yet like any good gift giver we have to know that we don't have any control over how it's received and they don't have to write us a thank you note. No, no, no. I just, you give the gift and then you let them do with it as they will. And I think that that feels really important because that felt like clearly stuff that I was explicitly taught in the org is about the importance of the person in front and the importance of the practice. And as absolutely Tracy, the amount of harm that comes in that, in the name of the practice is huge. So I think that for me, what I keep coming back to is how can I make this more about the people who are here and less about anything else? Right. And in the analogy of the gift, we also have to be okay with the fact that they might not see it as a gift. Totally. They might be like, that doesn't do anything for me. And that I felt like in the culture of the org, like if somebody didn't want to do the org practice or didn't like it or wasn't into it, they were wrong. Yeah. They didn't get it. That's right. That felt like a really clear direct line communication. Like that's how it felt. That's how it was. And that there was something faulty in them, that they didn't understand, that they hadn't been able to to really experience it the way that we did. To access more Deconstructing Dogma bonus content, visit patreon.com forward slash the deeper pulse.